If you still have your Bibles open, we are we're going to be looking at that um, at a ver- verse number. Oh, I'm lost now. Yes, verse number nine from the passage that we read. Um, if you would look out there with me, please. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Um, well, I was thinking of this sermon, I was thinking of uh, Christmas time, as it's only just passed us there in this past week. And I would say probably the most of us here give some kind of gift to somebody over the Christmas. Now, some people we feel obliged to give them a gift, maybe just uh, people we're, we know we're friendly with, but maybe just wouldn't decide to go and get them a present. But we feel obliged to do so, but there are others who we really want to give presents to, and we enjoy buying them and we'll seek to find the best thing that we can have for them and I think everyone here mostly I would say will have bought some kind of present over this past Christmas period but often the problem with um, buying presents is that we don't really know what to get the other person especially here in Northern Ireland where quite often we already have everything we actually want and we might go to a person who we're thinking of buying from we could, we could just ask them what would you like I was thinking of buying your present what would you like and they'll maybe say something like, well, I don't actually know because I don't, I don't really need anything. But as we were reading down through this passage, that was not really the case that we find in the New Testament church. Here, uh, if you look at verse 1, you see that the churches of Macedonia, they, they were in deep poverty at this time. And they were, in, um, as it says, in great trial of affliction. And they had great needs, of physical needs. But we see here that even though they were in their deep poverty, yet they looked at others, other believers, other Christians, who were worse off than they were, and they sought to give a gift to them and be, be a blessing to others. And even though they were poor, they sought to help, and they sought to be involved in Christian giving. And I think it's, it's wonderful, especially to see, it's, it's good to be given a gift from someone who has lots of money, and that's kind of them to do that. But especially, um, it's very special to receive a gift from somebody who's not very well off and who give very sacrificially to the cause of God. And this is something that's commended to us throughout the New Testament. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. He says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So it's good for us to seek out those who are in need and those who need help and to seek to provide maybe a gift for them, seek to help them out in their time of need. And that's what Paul was encouraging the Corinthians to do there. He was showing them this church in Macedonia and he was encouraging them, be like them, seek to give of your of what you have to others who are in great need and who need help. And that is it's so wonderful to see God's people giving and it's been my privilege even since the start of college to see how generous God's people actually are and um, it's so often that my family have received so many gifts from people in the kindness of their hearts, people who who are not particularly well off but who who found it in their kindness of their heart to give us and I would just like to say thank you to all even in this congregation who continually give to us as a family and and it's a blessing to see and God promises that as you give, he will bless. And I just want to say a thank you from us for all that you've done for us. But here we see 
um, that of this Macedonian church, they sought to do as well. And Paul was encouraging the Corinthians, and he would encourage us all to seek those who are in need and to help them out. But there is one gift that surpasses all other gifts there, and cannot be even compared to it. And it's great to see all of these gifts here we've been thinking about, but the greatest gift we have, we can ever think about, is the gift that we have from the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, if we look at the text we're reading this, this evening, thinking about this evening, verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for, our, for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So tonight from this text, I would like to just think a little this evening about um, the poverty of man, but the greatest gift for man's greatest need. The greatest gift for man's greatest need. And the first thing I want to think with you is about is the poor sinner's greatest need. So I've been thinking, we've been thinking about those who are poor and sick and those who need help. And it is, it is important for us to seek to minister unto them. And that is something that, as I've said, that God has encouraged us to do. Um, Solomon tells us, Proverbs chapter 3, 27 to 28, withhold not, thy, withhold not good from them to who it is due. When it is in the power of thine hand to do it, say not unto thy neighbour, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. So yes, it's very important to help the poor needy with these physical ways, but the greatest need that man has is not his his physical needs, the greatest need of man is his spiritual need, and that is for his sins to be removed. And that sin in our hearts, that makes man poor in the sight of God. We've been reading in the passage of, of Christ making us rich, and if we are to be made rich, it only, it only makes us now assume that Paul was assuming that we all think of ourselves as poor sinners in the sight of a holy God. Now, whenever, as I've said, whenever we're thinking about poor, we're not thinking about poor physically, financially. As I'm saying about poor sinners, the richest man in this world is, could be the poorest man of this world if he is not the faith, has not his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Savior deals with this when he was here on earth. Matthew chapter 22 and 23, the Savior said this, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, Hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. So we see these scribes and Pharisees. The Saviour admitted and, and told us here they had a mint, they had great money, and the, yes, they tithed it, they gave it away, but God called, Jesus called them hypocrites here. Because although they were rich, yet in his eyes they were poor. Because they were not doing it to, out of love for their neighbor or love for God. They were doing it love for themselves. They wanted people to see how great they were. So although they were very rich, yet they were poor in the sight of God. For God does not look on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. And I think if you think back to the, the instance of the widow giving her two mites, the Savior said this in Luke chapter 22, verses 1 to 3. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you that this poor widow 
hath cast in more than they all. So, yes, Jesus had looked, he had he'd seen, and he knew how much these rich men were putting in the treasury. He knew that they were putting more money into the treasury than this widow woman. But yet, he says here in this passage that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. So God isn't, he's not looking for um, necessarily lots of money. Rather, what God is looking to see is a heart of faith. He wants to see a, a joyful giver giving to him um, out of a heart of faith and that's cleansed from sin. Because as he saw these rich rulers, these rich men putting their money into the treasury, he said they're hypocrites. They're poor men because they're still in their sin. They're lost and they're in danger of losing their soul. And the money that they had was going to do nothing for them on the day of judgment. Jesus again told his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. For what is a man, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And that's a, a very challenging question to us all. What are you willing to put before God? Are you willing to go after your money? Are you wanting to go after some sort of popularity at the expense of your soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? It is of no benefit. It is no profit if you're to gain the whole world and lose your soul because you cannot take your riches with you. The Savior, we are told that we'll be leaving all of these things behind if we have not our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's very important that we are right in the sight of God. And if we're not, then we are seen as poor sinners. And this is the problem we all have. We are all sinful. We are all sinners against a holy God. And that is what makes us sinner. That is what makes us poor. We are poor because we are sinners. And I would just like to challenge all of us this evening to think about our lives. How does our lives match up with the Ten Commandments? Do you admit, do you confess that you are a sinner? If you think to yourself, have you ever told a lie? I would say we all have to, would have to confess that we've told a lie at some point or another. And that would make us a liar. And the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 21 and 8 that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. You could also ask, have you ever hated anyone? Well, John tells us in his epistle, 1 John chapter 3 and 15, that whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him so we see how poor a man is we are all sinners we've all committed these sins and if we're not right in the sight of god we are not rich before him but we are poor before him because we have not our faith in him and we have no part we have no part in heaven we have no part of eternal life and god has told us if we die in our sin that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire so it's very important for us to consider this evening where we stand in the sight of God. This is a serious, a serious situation for us to be in. But we need someone who will stand in our place. Because we have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have this glorious message from God. That there is one who would come to be a substitute. And we need that person to come and to stand in our place. And that leads us to the second place that I want to think this evening of the glorious substitute that we have. And we read that in our verse. If you look again, 
with me there at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. You see there, it's for your sakes he became poor. He was willing to come to stand in our place, to be the substitute that we could have this sin removed, that we might be brought out of our poverty. And if we think about our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, this really is the center of the verse. It's talking about our Savior, and that's really what it's all about. It's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think this is such a wonderful verse, and I love the, ver the words that it has in it. And if you look at me there, look with me there again at that verse 9. Though, or though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. The Savior was rich. And he was so rich in heaven. He was rich in his divine attributes. In heaven he was full of love. He was full of mercy and truth. He was full of power and holiness. The riches that our Savior had in heaven. And even over the creation. He had authority over creation. He was the creator of all things. And he owns all things. He is the, the ruler, the Lord of the universe. Yet, we are told for our sakes, he became poor. To stand in our place, to take the lowly place, to come in humility. What condescen condescension of the Lord Jesus Christ. That even though he was so rich in heaven, yet out of love for his people, he will come to earth to save us. And how low he came. I was reading and commentary by Robert Hogger this week, and he makes this comment. He says, Jesus, who the Lord of heaven and earth, and rich beyond all calculation of riches, yet made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and became poor, that his redeemed through his poverty might be made rich. This is a precedent unheard of, an example unparalleled. Though he was thus rich, Beyond the utmost imagination of riches, yet for our sakes he became poor. So poor that he had not where to lay his head. He was despised and rejected of men, the man of sorrows. And what a wonder and what gratitude God's people ought to have towards the Lord Jesus Christ for all that he has done for us. How he suffered here in this earth. He, he left heaven to come to this sinful earth. We've been thinking about it over the past few weeks. He was born into a borrowed manger. He was in poverty throughout his whole life. And what we were even singing about earlier on, he had nowhere to lay his head. He hadn't a single possession to his name when he was on the cross. All was taken away from him. He hadn't um, any material things. He was left of his disciples. And I think the pinnacle of his poverty was when he was on the cross, when he was forsaken by the Father. And how, how far the Savior went to save sinners like us. Not because we loved him, but because he first loved us. He saved us while we were yet sinners. And what a wonder that God the Son would come and put upon himself human flesh that he would save us from our sin. What a wonderful saviour we have. So that we might be made rich. And the last thing I want to think about this evening with you. Is then the, mag the magnificent status that God then gives to us. 
as a result of the glorious substitute that is our Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonder that poor sinners like us should be given the riches of heaven. Again, look at the verse that we, in our text, verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. We might be rich. As you see, it's through his poverty. So it comes from, he, he came to this earth and it's only through the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, his blood shedding, that we can ever be saved. That we can have or ever have our sins removed. And what riches it is to have our sins taken away, to have a home in heaven, to have Christ dwell in our hearts by faith, to have an eternal abode in heaven. What a wonder that God would make us kings and priests before him, that we would become sons of God. I think this is a wonder that God would make us rich who, were, who, who hated him, who despised him, men who put him on the cross, yet he loved his people to the very end and we are given a wonderful status of being rich in the eyes of God. And this is a wonder and a blessing. But it's not just for the future. This being rich is for us here today. For we know peace with God here today. If you have your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is something we can apply to your lives today. As believers. For we know we have peace with God in heaven. We know we are children of God. We can come to him in prayer. What a blessing that we can come to God in prayer. And I think it's a blessing to know that we have that home in heaven and it gives us that joy in our souls as we make our way through the difficult times here on earth. And we have heavy burdens to bear at times. But Paul told us in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, he said this, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And what waits us in heaven will so outweigh all of our troubles and trials here on earth that is not even worthy, worthy, as Paul says, to be compared with what will be revealed in us in glory. And I think that's something to encourage us as we suffer um, different things, whatever that might be here on earth. But it also affects us as we make our way through this world that we should live in light of eternity. We have riches in heaven, but the Savior told us that we should live for eternity to come. He said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. So the Savior is telling us that we can, as it were, put things in the bank in heaven, from here on earth. For we are told in Revelation chapter 14 verse 13. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea saith the spirit. That they may rest from their labours and their works do follow them. So all the good works that we seek to do. In earth that is done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are told here in Revelation. Their works do follow them. And our Savior tells us that we can lay up treasures in heaven. The moth can't get it in heaven, the rust can't get it, and the thieves can't get it. It is safe in heaven. And you may be the poorest citizen 
in this world. You may be the poorest Christian in this world, but yet if you have sought to live a life for God, if you have sought to be faithful to him, God says that those good works will follow you into heaven and there will be riches for you for all eternity. And that is something to encourage us this year, this incoming year, to make the effort to go and seek to put treasures in heaven. And what a great treasure treasures there is in the souls of men. What greater treasure is there than man's, man, men's souls? And that is one of the best ways in which we can lay treasure in heaven is as we seek to go and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing it will be to see those in heaven who we have sought to minister to, we have told the gospel to, we have encouraged in the things of God, and we will see them there in heaven, and we will know that God has used us for his glory and for his honor, not for our glory, not for our honor, but when we meet those people in heaven, what a blessing it will be, and that those works will follow us in, into all eternity. And this is the encouragement we can have from this verse as believers. But before I finish tonight, I want to think and talk to, to those who are out of Christ. If you're here this evening out of Christ, well then, you're still in your sin. You are still this person that we've been talking about tonight. Can you claim what we've been speaking about this evening? If you look back at the verse, it says, at verse 9, it says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the question I have for you this evening is, do you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Have you experienced the changing, the change, your, your nature changed by the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you had your sins washed away? These people here in Corinthians, Paul could say of them that they knew the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had turned from their sins. They had trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. But have you, have you sought to turn from your sins? Have you repented of your sins? Have you trusted in Christ for salvation? For if you're to be saved, if you're ha to have your sins taken away, the Seavers told us in Mark chapter 1 verse 15, repent ye and believe the gospel. That is the only way into the kingdom of God. That is the only way to receive these riches. It is through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through his poverty, his time here on earth when he died upon the cross. And if you will turn from your sins and trust in him for your salvation, then you will have forgiveness of sins. You will be made rich in the sight of God. You will be able to say this from this verse tonight, for I know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for my sake he became poor, that I through his poverty might be rich. And I wonder, are you able to say that this evening? Are you rich in the sight of God? Have you had your sins forgiven? And I would encourage you that even though you are a poor sinner tonight, God has provided a glorious substitute in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you will turn from your sin, if you will trust in him with all your heart, you will rest upon him for your soul's salvation. You will receive this magnificent status of being rich in the sight of God. You will have that home in heaven. You will know those sins forgiven and you'll be right in the sight of God. And I would encourage you before this year's out, if you turn from your sin, You've spent another year before God in your sin. But this might be your last year. Next year may be your last year. But I would encourage you tonight, make sure you're right in the sight of God before it's too late. Behold, now is the accepted time. And I would just like to encourage all those who are out of Christ, turn from your sin this evening 
and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. We'll have a word of prayer, please.